everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Rumcast for 2023. I am John Gulla, and with me co-hosting this podcast is Will Hookinga. And today, we are going to be going over our predictions from last year, and then making some new ones for this year as well. Uh, so, Will, have, have you started off the new year with a bang? And how do you feel about us going over your predictions from last year? Uh, if starting the new year with a bang is just, you know, going back to work and, and living life as usual, I've totally started it with a bang, John. <laughs> Things are going nuts up here in Nashville right now. Uh, no, it's it's business as usual, but it's been a good start. And, you know, I got to say, I was a little nervous about revisiting some of these 2022 predictions mm. because I honestly... I think I remembered, I like kind of remembered mine, but I wasn't entirely sure. And so I went back and I listened to our episode. And I got to say, I, you know, I was focused mostly on my own predictions because I was yeah. like, I've got to keep score for my own picks. I'll leave John to keep score for his. <laughs> I got to say, I, I, I feel pretty good about, about yeah, my picks. I'm feeling mm-hmm. pretty good. And okay. that gave me a little bit of, maybe it gave me a little too much confidence for these 2023 oh. predictions that we're going to be making. I've got, you know, three more of those. Last year, we each did three. This year, we're each going to do three. But mm. I don't know. Did you go back? Did you listen to the episode back? Did you, what, how did you feel as you listened to those predictions now with the the benefit of of, of hindsight? Yeah. So I, I kind of quickly went through them because I, I don't, first of all, I don't really like listening to myself. I don't know why. But secondly is I was a little scared, you know, I, I kind of felt like I wasn't really sure how close I would get and, and mm-hmm. to, I, I am I'm curious, but I'm you, also you like, knew, you, know, you knew I was going to hold you accountable. That's what you were afraid of. <laughs> I mean, I hope you hold me accountable <laughs> with it, you know, as I will for you. But I, I don't know. I feel like uh, we'll see if it worked out. I do have to say, I feel a little bit better about my 2023 predictions as well. So okay. I'm feeling stronger this year yeah. about these than I did about last year's. I'm looking forward to hearing yours. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, it was a fun exercise, as it always is. And I, I, well, I won't, I won't do any spoilers, but let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and, and look back at our previous 2022 predictions. So I'm looking at our sheet, our little reference sheet we made, and you're at the top okay. of it. So right. do you want me to start with, with, with reading this or do you want to read your, Bring your it first on. prediction? No use in delaying the inevitable. Let's do it. Let's, let's start with mine. Your first prediction was a continued shift toward premiumization through limited and specialized offerings. Um, I, I remember when you said that on, on the previous episode, I said it sounded like the beginning of a, of a presentation at Diageo. I was really impressed with your, your, your big business words there. So I, I, how do you I knew feel, all the buzzwords, yeah. How do you feel you did on this prediction? Well, so here's the thing. It's really vague, right? <laughs> uh, I think and, I gave you a little grief about, about <laughs> kind of, yeah, the, 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 the lack of specificity on some of mm-hmm. these. And, which can be a good thing because, hey, the wider <laughs> your prediction, you know, the less likely it's going to be wrong. And so right. from that angle, you know, I feel okay about it. I feel like we did see a continued shift towards premiumization. Um, uh-huh. And I do think we did see more limited and special offerings. So I'm, I'm totally on point with this one, but I also feel like it's kind of a gimme. And, uh, you know, so I don't feel great. Like, you know, I don't feel like I can call this one a super win. You're not taking a victory lap on this one. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. It's, it's I, I mean, right. I, I do think I do think we have we have continued to see that rum's growth has been coming from the not, you know, not to get all too markety business speak that <laughs> this podcast won't be full of that. But the like the premium sector of rum, like the high end rum market is kind of where the category is growing uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to the lower end of it. So 
I do think we've seen that. And I think listeners, just from like casual, you know, anecdotal observations, it kind of feels that way. Right. Uh, but I'd, I'd actually be interested in it if anyone thinks it doesn't feel that way. But I remember another thing we did last year was when one of us made a prediction, the other one said whether we were buying, holding, or selling mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. the prediction. So kind of like as if the prediction were a stock. And mm -hmm. I bought your prediction. And so I'm right Wisely. there with you. I think, yeah, a little hard to tell how correct this was or, mm -hmm. or wasn't because of the broadness. But perhaps that doing this last year, perhaps that informed your picks for 2023. I, I think it's a, it's a good place for us to start. And hopefully we're, we're growing now into more specific. And with yours, we'll, we'll start with yours. I do think you got a little more pointed. So your, your first one, I guess I'll take over and read your first one from last year, it. which I bought just to say up front, I bought this. And that was a serious investment in local sugarcane production from a major producer is going to happen. And clearly, I feel like you were playing inside baseball with this one or something. I don't know. Did well, you like have it, any information? Like insider knowledge? Yes. Like, did you have any inside knowledge track on this? Because clearly there was at least one major producer who did this. I, um, I, I do not recall knowing anything <laughs> about. So the the the, the you sound like the, you're running for office. I do not recall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to directly answer the question, John. Um, no. So the thing that happened that I am going to say uh, allows for this prediction to be correct mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. Mount Gay's move. Uh, Mount Gay announced that they invested. I think it was about twenty million dollars in the construction of a new sugar mill which mm -hmm. they are going to use to supply like most sugar mills they don't exist to make molasses they exist to make sugar you know um mm -hmm. but kind of the big purpose of this mill and it might produce some sugar as well but the big focus is high quality molasses production uh and i assume there will be some other things they get out of it as well but and i know in your reading of it there at at, at the top of the the prediction i did mm -hmm. say local sugarcane production However, mm -hmm. as I went into it deeper, I said this could be things like molasses, you know, other stuff. So I'm including right. this within it. And I am like 99% sure I did not know that that was happening with Mount Gay. Because I think okay. when I saw the news, I was like, holy shit, that's huge. <laughs> like that's, uh, that, you know, I wasn't even connecting yeah. it to the prediction. It was just like, we, you know, we talk about molasses production and uh, yeah. how yeah. tricky that can be, especially for larger producers all the time. And so a producer... And I, I'm not sure that they're ever going to be able to produce 100% of the molasses they need for all mm -hmm. of their production locally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But this will certainly increase what they can do locally. And it just, like, now they're, they're more, uh, to, to use a very businessy term, they're more vertically integrated. Oh. Uh, you know, they've oh. got the, su the supply chain from the start. Synergy. Exactly. There's all <laughs> kinds of synergies going on. But so that's the one I look at and say, like, this is the kind of thing I was talking about. And, and you know, they've also made investments in sugarcane as well. But to me, that was the kind of major thing I, I was thinking we might see in terms of a big producer like Mount Gay doing something to allow them to have more localized ingredients and mm -hmm. more ownership of those. Yeah, I mean, and, and the difference it makes there, I mean, we're not going to feel that from Mount Gay for a while. But yeah. I just think the amount of control they're going to be able to have in that part of the process of rum making now is just going to be a big difference maker. So, yeah, 
I, I'm yeah. sure there's all kinds of things that are going to come out of that that we can't even anticipate at this point, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's it's really exciting, and I know I know they're excited about it down there as well. So, mm. yeah, I, I, I'm chalking that up as my, my biggest W from last <laughs> year's predictions. So that's okay. the one I probably feel best about. So, okay, we're going to go to your next prediction. Okay. Uh, John's second prediction. There will be a marked trend from hobbyists towards drinking younger and or unaged options. Uh, I believe you said that that will kind of be, quote, all the rage. Mm -hmm. And I, oh, I, I bought this for hobbyists. I held on it for the general public, but you were more talking about hobbyists anyway. So how do you feel this prediction panned out? What do you think? So I, I will stop short of saying it was all the rage, but I will <laughs> take a small W because I do feel like we did see a lot of younger blends and or minimum age statements that weren't very high in number mm. come out. I'm thinking of the, the Papillon uh, series or Papalin and others that I think you saw that happen and uh, there was more discussion around those rums than mm -hmm. I feel personally that I've seen in past years in previous mm -hmm. years uh, that's probably going to change for different people's experience based on where they're at and you know all that kind of thing but for me I, I will say that I do feel like it did trend for hobbyists younger um, that doesn't, you know, we also saw things come out like Barbados 2002 and a Fiji years, older yeah, than we've seen. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't mean that that category didn't also see interesting new things. But I do think there was some of that uh, there. So I, I will, uh, again, I'm going to take a small W for this one, okay. I think, is what I feel like. How do, how do you feel about it? What, what do you consider to be, like, if someone says this is a younger age release, like, around, what is, what year amount does it become... Mm. Uh, that's not so much young anymore. You know, that's a, that's a great question because we talk about all the different factors that can play into an aging of a rum, mm -hmm. too. So it's not always playing apples to apples and everything depending on tropical aging and depending yeah. on continental. So I, I guess to answer your question, though, I would put that... Oh, I'm, I'm going to say like it, it's certainly in the single digits, mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to say something like seven years, eight years. Okay, interesting. Maybe nine. Yeah, something around there. Because in, in my mind, I was kind of thinking around, kind of like in our previous episode, we did our picks for 2022. We have the category mm -hmm. that's five years or less. Yes. And that yeah. window is kind of what I was thinking. But um, then you said uh, Papillon. And mm -hmm. I, I was like, I think that was seven years, but right. um, which it was. But you know, young is kind of a subjective descriptor. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I, I do think like things, I, I feel like if you if you look at the flagship releases from bigger brands, there are a lot of eight-year releases, you know? Mm -hmm, There's like Appleton mm -hmm, 8, right. uh, Dorley's has Dorley's. an eight, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Eldorado has an eight. And yep. so I feel like less than eight is kind of, a number less than eight is to me where I guess it's sort of on the younger side and like extra points if it's if it's under five. If it's under five years, that's like truly young. And I feel like yeah. harder traditionally for brands to market, you know? Right. People say a number less than five and they're like, ew. Yeah, yeah. I would amend it to five and younger, I okay. would say. Because I think five is included in that for me. At least, again, it's subjective. I, I still think seven is on the younger side. Mm -hmm. um, but to your point, I, I agree. It's definitely less than eight, but five seems about, for sure, like five seems less controversial. Okay. Guess, is what I would say. All right. Um, but yeah. yeah, so I like I said, I'll take the small W and I agree with you. It definitely was more in the hobbyist than in the general public. Okay. So let's let's move on. What's next? What did I predict next, John? All right. So your your second prediction was 
another independent bottler outside of Europe is going to step into the spotlight in rum enthusiast circles. Wow, I think you you nailed this one. Uh, <laughs> See, I I didn't feel as strongly about this one as the previous one. I do think kind of the comparison we made with this was like something along the lines of a home's key, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. near, I would say in the second half of 2022, we did see uh, Down Island Spirits right. come in, uh, raising glasses right. at the end of the year. There's also another IB I started seeing this year a little bit. I haven't encountered any of their releases in person, but one called Rare Cane, which is another mm-hmm. another uh, American independent bottler that actually I, I learned about through Mike Hooker, who was a Rumcast listener and, and bought mm-hmm. a few of their rums, mm-hmm. uh, founder of the Austin Rum Society down there in Texas. But anyway, so I feel like all of those, they they broke onto the scene um, but they're not as far along as I was expecting one to be just because like it, it was like the second half of the year. I think they're, I think they're going to get there, you know, in terms yeah, of popularity, yeah, yeah. but I don't think the, the wave crested yet, uh, last yeah, year. Yeah. So I counted as like a half, like I give a, if, if a solid win is like worth one point, I give myself like a 0.5 for this prediction. Okay. I'd give you more than that. I'd give you oh, like well, 0.75. You. You're so 0.8. generous. Well, 0.75. I, I mean, the latter half of the year is still the year, right? <laughs> it's true. So, yeah, you know, like I, I get you're right. I don't think they are fully, uh, you know, up there yet. But, I mean, clearly made waves. Mm-hmm. And people are looking for them and they're, they're respected bottlings. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, from that angle, I would say yes. So, All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll take it. I'll take the 0.75 <laughs> points. Um, so let's do these last two. Let's run through these quickly and then get into the, the, the real stars of the show. Our predictions mm-hmm. for 2023. Your final prediction of 2022, this was a big one. This was the only prediction that I sold on. I wasn't having this one. You said the beginning of the end of misleading age statements. Yeah. I feel like we need like the, you know, triple air horn sound. So here's what in my head, and I'm trying to bring myself back to my mental state a year ago, was... Remembering the sound like you were your mental state a year ago, like you were uh, like things were horrible a year ago. Is how it makes it sound like. (laughs) Well, I mean, you were okay at the time. You weren't making these predictions like under duress or anything. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I I didn't mean it like that. I meant just like in terms of like what what was I even thinking with this? And I I remember reading about the lawsuit, and I don't Mm -hmm. want to talk too much about that because you know it gets into weird territory. But for it's a Kappa lawsuit Uh that was against them, a class action lawsuit, right? The class action, and I was thinking, well, that might cascade, Mm -hmm. and that did not happen for sure. But I do think there's still that kind of grassroots type of. Uh, certainly amongst hobbyists, but even, you know, starting to make its edges felt Mm -hmm. uh, with other people about misleading age statements. So although I don't know that I would say this is a win, I wouldn't call this this last year the beginning of the end of misleading age statements, Mm -hmm. I would say there was maybe minor progress towards it. So maybe it's this year, maybe it's next year, maybe it's five years from now. But you know, it's I was watching a program about World War One recently, and uh, you know, wow, where are you going with this? Hold on, I'll get you, I'll get you, I'll get you there. It's and, a heck of a transition. Yeah, it's like, well, when do you say World War One began? And you can say, or the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand, right? And that's what most people will say. But there's differences from different countries in terms of when they say if it's 1915 to 1917 or okay. 1914 to 1918. Well, some of these things it's hard to pinpoint, right? right. Exactly when and. Not that's where my point is here, is just to say, if we look back 20 years from now, when is the beginning of the end of misleading age statements and what year is it in? That might be hard to do. 
Maybe so, maybe you saw the first domino this year, but we can't see that right, yet because right. we haven't seen everything else that's going to happen. Uh, yes, I'm thinking of that meme online with the little, little domino. Yeah, the tiny domino. Goes to the, the, yeah, there yeah. goes the bigger, 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 uh-huh. bigger. Yeah. yeah, so maybe the tiny domino. Maybe, <laughs> we'll see. We, we, it, it, the jury is out still. Yeah, so. we ha- we can't say that you were wrong until it's been 20 years from now. Is, is, I is like what that I'm idea. We need 20 years to, to, to play this prediction out. Minimum, minimum. We'll celebrate with a 20-year-old rum that's being distilled right now, and we'll talk about this then. You were smart with how you did your predictions. I I was not smart with how I did my final (laughs) prediction, which was maybe too specific. What did I lay out there for my last prediction, John? All right, Will, for your third prediction and final prediction from last year, you said, we are going to see an ECS release with a name that breaks new ground, and we will have the first (laughs) nine-syllable ECS release. First of all, points for specificity there. Thank you. The amount of syllables involved, uh, and this was an easy sell for me. Uh, you did <laughs> of sell. course, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think you were more than half joking with this, but I get it. You know, it's uh, it's fun to speculate on the names of ECS releases forthcoming. This this was uh, I, a high risk, high reward. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Pick. it went the other way almost, though. Like touchstone. Sovereignty. I, yeah. Those are words we know. Is like, Touchstone those are... on shelves yet? They didn't. It didn't hit shelves in 2022, did it? No, you're right. You're right. Uh, okay, a, that's it does fair. have 2022 on like the date, so I think yeah. it was bottled in 2022. Yeah. But I think our our 2022 ones were Sovereignty and Isonomy. Um, maybe another one. Yeah. Those two were definitely in 2022, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Those two. And Isonomy is a really weird word, but uh, falling short of your syllabic uh, yeah. prediction. It's so. not. It's not mm-hmm. even getting close to nine syllables. So. <laughs> Yeah, I listed a few ideas for some of those. I think one of them was something like latitudinarianism or something like that. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I just thought, like, what if what if I called the shot, you know, and one of those mm. actually was the names? How legendary would that prediction be? That would have been fantastic, yeah. People around the, the rum nerd circles would be calling me, you know, the new Nostradamus, so... <laughs> We had a, a listener actually contact us on Instagram when Touchstone, there was a new picture of it that came out that I oh, think yeah? Richard posted. And he was like, oh my God, you guys predicted this name. And I was like, no, 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 we didn't we didn't <laughs> predict that name. That was, that was we were in the TTB looking through and we saw it coming up. So I wish we could give you the credit for having predicted Touchstone, but no. Wow, uh, yeah, yeah. We discussed that in one of our bonus episodes yeah. for, for patrons. That was also when I revealed my uh, grading rubric for determining whether I'll buy a Foursquare ECS release or not. So That's right. my own little rubric. But yeah, we did not predict the name Touchstone. We just analyzed it thoroughly mm-hmm. On, mm-hmm. on a bonus episode once we saw that it was coming out. So yeah. anyway, uh, yeah, ex-bourbon and ex-cognac maturation. People are, people are going to be looking forward to that one. The mm-hmm. first ex-cognac Foursquare ECS since Dominus. So yes, big and news. blue this time. Blue font. And blue, yes. Yeah. Blue, it's a very pretty shiny blue on that label. It I like metallic. it a lot. Yeah. But on the mm-hmm. note of things coming out in 2023, John, I think we mm-hmm. should take a quick break and then come back and run through these 2023 predictions, which hopefully we're a year older, we're a year wiser, we're another year through doing predictions for the first time. We learned a few lessons and we're going to apply them. You're going to see it all coming up next. Hey, 
Rumcasters, do you want an easy way to stay informed about what's new in the rum industry? If so, check out therumlab.com, where you can stay on top of everything going on across the rum world right now. From their detailed infographics that dive deep into individual rum expressions, to their weekly rum newsletter, to live streams with leaders in rum, there's always something new to learn. Plus, you can get all the info on their annual rum events they put on across the United States, like Miami Rum Congress, New York Rum Fest, Chicago Rum Fest, LA Rum Fest, and San Francisco Rum Fest. So visit therumlab.com and sign up for their newsletter now so you don't miss anything that's happening in rum. That's therumlab.com. Now back to the show. All right, we're back, and it is time for our predictions for 2023. So uh, just like last year, Will, we're each going to make three predictions, and we'll trade off going one each. And then we should, I think, continue the tradition of the stocks and buying, selling, or holding on these Love it. Uh, for, for each other. It. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty simple concept, so I think we can, we can do that and move forward. So since I went first last year, I think You're it's only brave. right, Will, yeah. only right that you go first this year. All right. Uh, I'm, and forevermore, I'm, odd years, you will go first, and even years, I will go first. <laughs> oh, cool. I like odd years, even though I was I was born on an even year. But uh, mm. I know there's just something about those odd years. They, they're great. Plus, 2020 was an even year, and we all hated 2020. So there we go. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. You, you, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, 2022 wasn't bad, though. It, yeah, it was, it was a solid year. Yeah, we, we, we got back on track with it, is what I think. So I like it. I'm <laughs> All right. good. All right, let's my, go for it. My first prediction for 2023, I think we are going to see a small spike in the release of ROMs straight from producers. So I'm not including really independent, independently okay. bottled releases here, but okay. straight from producer ROMs that feature multiple outputs of the sugarcane plant instead of you know we have molasses based rums we have cane mm-hmm. juice based rums every mm-hmm. now and then you see some that cane feature syrup. maybe a combination of both oh, okay. uh, that 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 maybe feature cane syrup or something mm-hmm. like that you know mixed with juice we've seen a little bit a little sprinklings of that in recent years and okay. i think 2023 we're gonna see a bump in those types of releases and so to make this easier to grade I'm going to say we will see three to five releases this year that feature more than just just molasses or just cane juice. We're right. going to see some combination. And this prediction is connected to last year's prediction about a major investment in local sugarcane. Mm-hmm. Because what we're seeing, even distilleries that aren't making, you know, $20 million Mount Gay sized investments mm-hmm. they're making their own smaller but significant investments in things like growing sugarcane that's something foursquare has yeah. been doing and we saw releases from them in I, I this may have been the year before last that it came out or it might not have come out until last year but like the lft foursquare white which was molasses right. rum it was cane juice rum we've also seen saint lucia distillers has done a number of releases featuring mm-hmm. both and mm-hmm. they they've been kind of ahead uh, ahead of the the game and growing sugarcane locally there that they use to to make their fresh cane juice rum. Um, we've also seen, you know, Worthy Park has has done some cane juice rum. Providence, which we had on the podcast recently, they've done some mm-hmm. stuff with both syrup and juice. And so as distilleries 
do things to give themselves more access to a sugarcane source. Right. I just think we're going to see more creativity. Just like, and I hate that I'm making this comparison um, because it doesn't really need to, I, I'm making it for modern purposes um, because I think it's a helpful analogy. The whiskey category has mash bills, you know? Um, oh, okay. I see, where I see this as kind of similar to that, but there's historical precedence for this because if you go back and look at writings about rum, you know, made well over 100 years ago in Jamaica, uh, molasses sometimes was like, a small part of the wash. You know, there's skimmings from juice, there's dunder, there's all kinds of stuff. I can't remember where I saw the, the recipe, but it was like the, the rum wash was like 20% molasses. Like that's it. Mm. And all the rest was other sugarcane stuff or dunder and things like that. So I think as these distilleries get closer to the source, uh, the, the sugarcane source, they're going to be able to do all kinds of fun things that they haven't been able to do in the past. And so I think this is the year we're going to start to see a, a few more of those things. And this, this is one I, I will also say, like, I'm hoping for because just that concept, you know, and I feel like the amount of variety mm-hmm. and unexpectedness and delightful little things like that LFT white, for example, which was yeah. delicious and just surprising, kind of unexpected and yet felt like Foursquare still. So I hope we see this at some point, and I'm going to go ahead and, and predict that 2023 we'll we'll see a smattering of these releases, and they will be very exciting. Did I, I sell you? Much. Did I sell you? Well, first of all, I'm with you in the wish of it. I mm. do think it's really cool, and I'm hoping to see it. As far as the prediction goes, I'm I'm of two. I don't minds like right what now. I'm hearing, John. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> well, so the first portion of this is, I think you're on the low side with three to five, it's not a super high bar, like three releases. I think that could be done. So I'm, I, I'm with you there. I kind of, mm. I follow you there and think, okay, that's not a, a ton of different it's releases. It's not insurmountable. Right. So I'm, I, I get that. But then on the other side, here's what my brain is thinking. My brain is thinking, well, yes to all you just said about connecting it back to all these distillers and producers doing their own sugarcane. But is it ready yet? Mm, yeah, are they that's, going to the age it? And That's if they're the aging it, now you're talking about, you know, a few years from now, still minimum, if they're just really starting out before things start to hit the market as aged product. So, of course, you mentioned the LFT, and there's probably going to be other unaged releases. Mm-hmm. Do we see three unaged or very young rums in 2023 in this way? That's where I'm kind of like, Well, how know. I'm thinking about it is, you know, because it's a blend, you can be younger with some parts of it and older with other parts. That's so, true. you know, these distilleries are going to have plenty of old yeah. rum in, you know, whatever, whatever they're already doing, like molasses, for example. Yeah. And I mean, I know the last time we talked to Richard he, uh, Seal at Foursquare, he said we were surprised. To, I think he had barrels of cane juice rum that were like three or four years old already at that mm-hmm. point. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, you've been you started this that long ago. Um, and if I'm getting those years wrong, uh, that's possible. But it, you know, it wasn't like he just started putting it in barrels, you know, mm-hmm. a year ago. Mm-hmm. So, right. and you know, when I look at St. Lucia Distillers, you know, they've been putting cane juice in some of those blends for for a while now. And you know, Worthy Park, I, I know they've got some cane juice stuff. So, but that's that's the trick. Um, the the kind of the calculus of what are they planning for? When are they going to find the right combination? And yeah, so that's why I'm I'm trying to keep it a little on the low end. But I think even if we did only see three of these, 
if they were from prominent brands and there was some excitement behind them, it wouldn't take that many for that concept to suddenly be like, oh, wow, like this could be the future, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm thinking we could be seeing that turning point. And so that's why I'm kind of putting it around three to five releases. Okay. Um, I was going to hold, but you've sold me on a buy. Oh, nice. And yes. So I'm going to buy this. And there's actually a reason connected to it, but I cannot reveal it yet. Oh, so okay. as we talk about our predictions, I will I will hearken back to this moment. And uh, I love hearkening back. Yeah. Why, why I'm going to buy uh, your prediction here. So yeah, I'm in the buy category for it. You got All right. Me. Well, I, I'm, I'm feeling proud of myself for winning you over there. So what do you have for me? What is your first prediction of 2023? All right. Well, I like to do themes as you know yeah and i've got a theme for my predictions here for 2023 and my theme is more so um (laughs) this sounds like another this sounds like another presentation for the board of directors (laughs) you know sales theme for the quarter this year is more more (laughs) m-o-a-r m-o-a-r more uh yes exactly like um (laughs) like the the star wars i forget the guy's name right now more Uh Yeah. So I, I think uh, my first one here, uh, like Billy Idol, Will, <laughs> with a rebel yell, I'm crying more, more, more. And we're going to see unaged rum sales in the US shoot up over 10%. 10% or over, Ten, at least. 10% of what? Or like the increase is going to be 10%? Correct. 10% so versus, growth is what you're 10% predicting. growth versus last year. So let me try that again. Unaged rum sales will be up 10% over last year in the US. Okay. And also, I believe they're going to grab a bigger percentage of the overall market share for the rum category versus aged rums, at least among hobbyists. Wow. So, wait, okay. My my head is spinning right now. I have so many questions. Okay. Well, let me me explain a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. So, uh, the reason why I believe this is a sound prediction is because, first of all, I think there's always a little bit of a market lag in Mm. the sense of, uh, when things start to come to market, they need a little time to gain acceptance. Yeah. And I think the Haitian Clarins have been out now to market for a while. Uh, Rivers, Antoine, the there's others that I could name that are unaged uh, that are just coming out in the last few years. And I think they're starting to gather a following. Yeah, they and, came out and they were just like kicking ass and taking names, punching people in the face. And at first people were just like, what? What is going on? And now it's like they've been here long enough. It's like, right, oh, right. okay, wow. Now yeah, that I pick and, my and jaw up off the floor, yeah. Yeah, they're carving out a space for themselves is what mm. I believe is happening. And I, I don't want to, uh, you know, say another category of spirit, like I'm thinking like tequilas or agave spirits here mm-hmm. has its own space for that. I mean, I kind of feel like that's happening to a certain degree with rum where we, we've always known, I mean, unaged rum has been a thing forever in many places and many cultures. But the U.S., I think, is kind of not as much. Especially uh, when it comes to consuming it on its own. Right. Yeah. And I believe we're seeing that gain momentum and we're going to see that gain momentum in 2023. You're seeing more agricoles coming out. Damoiseau, like we talked about mm-hmm. in our Rum Rumblings, yeah. is releasing unaged products. I think you're going to get more coming to market. And I think the ones that have already been to market are established enough to carve out their own space that they're going to have bigger market share overall versus the aged rums. I don't know what that is going to work itself out to be. But uh-huh. I'm trying to give you enough specificity here, Will, with this, rather than what I did last year with being very broad, so I that we it. can really put it against uh, the test when we come back 12 months from now. I love it. So 
My first, I have two questions. One okay. of them is, you said unaged rum. Do you mm-hmm. mean truly unaged rum, or are you also including aged and filtered, quote-unquote, white rums? No, I was thinking unaged rums. Okay. Because okay. for me, it's not that you can't do sipping white rums. I mean, there are good sipping white rums out there, I think, but less so. I feel like those get used a lot more in cocktails and, and mixology. You're, you're, you're uh, talking about the examples that you listed, like the Clarence. Correct. And, and, yep. Yeah, okay. Yes. So okay. that's what I'm talking about. So my, my second question is, the second part of that prediction, you said mm-hmm. something about comparing it to aged rum, and I got yes. a little bit lost. In, okay. Can you run through that again? Yeah. So what I mean is, if uh, the entire rum category of all rum, what counts yeah. as rum, is 100% of the pie, right? Uh-huh. And then you would have an unaged rum that's traditionally accounted for, and I have no idea right now, I didn't do the market research, but let's just say it's traditionally accounted for 20% of overall rum sales. Mm-hmm. And aged rums, no matter what age they are, could be blend, it could be long age, could be short age, have been 80% of the market. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What I'm trying to say is you will see, and I, I believe you might have even seen this in 2022, but I, I didn't really find the research with it, is that percentage of unaged drums versus aged drums as an overall number that they're taking up more of that piece of pie. Are you saying they will be like greater than 50% of the pie? No, 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 no. I'm okay. not saying they're going to be the dominant. What I'm saying is if they were last year 20%, this year they would be 25% versus. So if okay. you look at if you look at 100% of the rum pie, right, what's the split of unaged versus aged rum that's sold? Right. Now, it's not. So if it was $100 million overall, it might be $120 million overall this year. I'm right. not saying those numbers. I'm saying the percentage of unaged versus aged will be different with unaged being a greater piece okay, of that. Greater than last year. Yes. Okay. Yes. And you're saying overall there will be at least 10% growth for that category. In the category itself. Correct. Okay. So it's are, kind of are two you, qualifiers. Are, are you seeing the 10% growth in gross sales numbers or is it going to be like units? Ooh, God, I didn't even think of that. Now you... I don't know what the... The real like this. You know is, what? You're getting, really getting so spe- you're getting so specific with this that yeah. I'll say you could apply the ten percent growth to either one of those, and I'd still give you credit for the prediction. So that's fair. Thank let's, you. Let's roll with that, and yeah, we we just have to figure out how to track that. I think so. Um, I'll leave. There's got to gotta you be to, a place. Yeah, I'll yeah, leave it to yeah, you to yeah. dig out those sources. But yeah, well, and you know, anybody out there that's listening and can help me out as to a site of where to go to track rum sales in the U.S. Oh yeah, uh, would love to to know where that is because that would just be fascinating for everything. So email us um, host host at rumcast.com h o s t at rumcast.com. Yeah. Okay, I oh boy, I'm really at odds with myself here because this is one I would love to buy this. Um, this is something I think it would be great if this happened because that's a great style of rum and it's underappreciated and it deserves to be more appreciated. But, <laughs> you know, I don't, all, I, I, I call myself sometimes the, the, the not optimist on, on this show, John. I'm... Mm-hmm. There's a word for that, you know. <laughs> pessimist sounds so negative though i, I prefer i'm not not optimistic um okay. so let's start here do you believe there is going to be growth in the category um yes if you don't then that's yes. a sell. no okay. i do i do okay. I, I, because i think it's going to be at those unaged premium releases um like we've been seeing across the whole category mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so I'm going to hold on this. I'm going to hold on this because I think there will be gro- I think there will be growth. I don't know that it will be as big as you're thinking it will be. So, 
yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm splitting the difference between optimism and pessimism here, and I'm just gonna <laughs> hold and say, okay, there will be some, but not as much as you think there will be. I, I don't blame you because that's probably my thought too. But I just there's something about a ten percent number that I like double digits, and <laughs> yeah, I want to nice see that number, double yeah. digit. Yeah, so let's see if it makes it there. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. Moving awesome. on to your uh, second prediction here. My second prediction, you know, this is a, a distillery I just talked about previously in my first prediction. But you know, several years ago, John, we saw something happen with Saint Lucia Distillers, where you know those lovely. Hamilton, St. Lucia releases. Mm-hmm. You just talked mm-hmm. about one in our year in review episode. There were, you know, a, a lot of wonderful St. Lucia distillers, independently bottled releases. And then suddenly most of them were gone because St. Lucia distillers chose to stop, you know, selling as much right. rum and, and things like that to, to third party providers, to independent bottlers. And I think we're going to see something similar like that happen Ooh. in 2023. I, I, I'm not going to name a specific producer, but I, I just think there's going to be a producer of significance. So someone that's already, mm-hmm. you know, a household name with rum mm-hmm. enthusiasts that mm-hmm. has a history of, you know, independent ballers releasing stuff from them. I think we're going to see another one pull back the reins there. And I think that's part of the larger trend we've seen, which we've talked about on the show a lot of a lot of these distilleries owning their brands for the first time really in their history, which mm-hmm. is something that historically didn't happen a lot in, in the Caribbean. And I think as those brands mature and those distilleries get more experience, you know, putting out their own brands, I think mm-hmm. at some point, you know, there's kind of a cost benefit analysis of, I, I think selling casks and things to other people to release yeah. as their own. Obviously there's probably good money in doing that, but at some point, it's also, you know, you're, it could be argued you're competing with yourself to an extent, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's also seeding some control of your brand as well, because, you know, once you sell it to someone, you might be able to say, get them to agree like, oh, you can't use our name and, and things like that. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, a lot of times people know, they know where it comes from. And, you know, someone buys some rum from you and puts a terrible finish on it or something like that, that comes back on you. So... I just think this is going to be, I, I think over time, I don't, I'm not saying independent bottle releases are going away or anything like that. I just mm-hmm. think we're going to see the pendulum swing a little bit back in the other direction of some distilleries being like, we're going to pull back on this a little bit. Um, I don't know that they will say like, we're not selling anything to anyone, like we're releasing all of it. But mm-hmm. I think, I think the, the, as I was saying, the reins are going to tighten up and, and to the point that like, rum enthusiasts are going to hear about it you know like oh i heard so and so like isn't you know selling as many casts anymore so i mean my first reaction to this first of all when you said cost benefit analysis (laughs) i couldn't help but think like (laughs) this episode of the rum cast is sponsored by the wall street journal Uh, we've we've just been very microsoft excel (laughs) (laughs) so the first thing is similar to the criticism i think you had given me before about non-specific i want to try to nail you down a little bit more please please do because i've i put the screws to you and i deserve the same treatment (laughs) good uh i I agree but it sounds like you know do you know do you know what the best ability is john what's the best ability accountability (laughs) 
Yeah. That should be on a terrible motivation poster <laughs> uh, in somebody's office. It probably is right now. I'm, I'm um, keeping with the, bene- the, the business theme with, with terrible motivational uh, axioms. Yes. All right. So I, I guess I'm trying to decide whether I'm going to buy, sell, or hold here. And I'm having a little trouble still because, again, you, it sounded like you said, here's what I'm hearing from you, is that at least one, mm-hmm. but possibly more, I'm just going uh, to say one, because that's kind of okay. a big deal. It's kind of a big deal for a brand to do that, you know? And you said so. a well-known brand. Like, yeah. this isn't just, you know, a well-known brand is going to, quote-unquote, pull back on the reins. Meaning what? Meaning they are going to sell half as much? Uh, yes. Is there anything? Okay. Like, it'll be significant. Like, more than half. They, like, they, will, they will sell less than half of what they're selling now. Okay. All um, right. And I'm thinking about this in terms of tasks, um, so I, I'm, I'm focusing it more on like high end, you know, yeah. rum and the measuring stick for this is I feel like this will be true if before the end of the year, we can like openly discuss something like this happening on the show, you know, okay. the, the, like the information is because you and I, like, I think we, we try to have like a, a high bar for like not saying things that like we hear are going to happen or something right. like rumors. that with, without, yeah. yeah, like rumors and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it'll be at the point where like enough people have talked about it. It's known enough in the industry that we could like talk about it on the okay. show amongst it's ourselves. It's going to be a story is yeah. what you're saying. We won't have yeah. to dig for it or hunt for it. It'll There's find gonna us. There's going to be a story. Right. Okay. All right. Um, Ooh, I'm going to hold on this one too. I, I see your rationale mm-hmm. and I kind of agree with it. I just don't know if this is going to be the year for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel like I'm going to hold on it. Only because I'm in agreement philosophically mm-hmm. with what you're saying, but I, I don't I don't know that this is quite the year for it yet. Okay, um, I can yeah, live with I, that. I guess that's where I'm at with it. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next five years we're talking about two or three of those type of things happening. Okay, um, okay, but I can live with yeah. that. Okay, and and you know I I, I don't want people to hear that and think like. That there's, oh my God. you know, like panic, like, oh, I have to yeah. go buy Panty all the buy. stuff. Because I think that's the kind of thing that, you know, the decision would get made now. And like, you wouldn't really feel the effects for like, I don't know, maybe like five years or something like right. that. Because a lot of that rum's already out there, you know. But yes. anyway, that's my second well, prediction. And I'm yeah, sticking and the, to it. The thing with St. Lucia, as you mentioned also, is it seems like you just can't get St. Lucia anymore at all from something like the main rum company or... Yeah, yeah here, I, I don't, right? I don't, I, I can't speak to what their inventory is. I, yeah. I would be surprised if like they don't have any, but I right. certainly feel like, like I can't remember the last independently bottled St. Lucia distillers release that I saw somewhere. You right. know, I don't right. remember what it was. I, I'm trying to like rack my brain right now, and I can't think of seeing one recently. So. Yeah. yeah um, so I don't know that you would feel it even if uh, a well-known producer that, you know, Sheer and Main Rum and maybe others have stocks of already and mm-hmm. are still coming out right. to your point for years. So yeah. we might see the story though, so I get that. Okay. Yeah. We shall see. Hit me with your second prediction. Moving on here in my theme of more 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 uh, <laughs> like Britney Spears I forgot about more. the theme already. Yes. By the way, you brought up Billy Idol. Have I, have I ever told you that I saw Billy Idol in concert? No, no, I haven't heard this story. Was it was it a fun one? Did he it was, did he like did he sweat on you? He, I wasn't close enough. But this was at the Bonnaroo Festival when I was a younger man. Um, Bonnaroo does something every year called the Super Jam, um, mm. and it's like a, an artist like hosts the Super Jam. They bring in a bunch of other random art, not random, like it's planned, yeah. but they bring in other artists. And it was hosts that year 
by John Oates of Holland Oates. Oh, okay. Um, and I like Holland he, Oates, yeah. He brought it out... Uh, Jim James from My Morning Jacket, Brittany Howard from Alabama Shakes, which is a band I really love, and then mm. Billy Idol all of a sudden comes out. Um, R. Kelly was also there, which oh wow! And now uh, <laughs> this was you know before a lot of the R. Kelly stuff came out. So um, now, yeah, in hindsight, that's kind of a a stain on the concert. <laughs> Billy Idol and everyone else—they were fantastic, and I just had to bring that up. Anyway, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, no, I, no, no, I hijacked okay. the conversation, but uh, you were it, saying it totally. It goes with the theme of uh, I said, uh, you know, like Britney Spears, "Give me more, give me, give me more," uh, because uh, <laughs> I don't even know what Britney Spears song that's from. <laughs> you know, you have to be a super Britney Spears fan to know that <laughs> one. I guess is that like uh, is that like from when she was really popular, or is this like uh, more now like her Vegas residency material? I, I wouldn't consider myself a Britney Spears super fan, Will. So <laughs> I do have two daughters who uh, listen to a lot of Britney Spears. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, you probably uh, just yeah, picked so it up. By I osmosis. definitely heard yeah. the song. But okay, so here's my second prediction. We are going to see more rum age statements of seven years and younger printed on bottles. Oh. So this is related to okay. my last year's prediction. You had one that was kind of related. Uh-huh. This is related to my prediction, but more specific. Okay. And... What I'm trying to get at here is I think the larger and more pervasive use of tropical aging, mm-hmm. the coming rise of virgin oak being used like in Privateer and in SBS releases mm-hmm. that we heard from uh, Fortune 23 is doing, mm-hmm. um, that we are going to see really stellar tasting aged drums being released at lower aging counts and not have any of that pejorative sense that they may have had in previous years where it felt like if it wasn't over 12 years, why bother? And, and you know, again, we talked about how those ages can differ for it's subjective and different people will find that. But my point with this is it's no longer going to be seen as negative just because something is aged for only seven years or five years and looked down upon by outsiders. Hobbyists, I think we've been on to this for a while now, and a lot of hobbyists are good with this, but people who are maybe on the fringes of rum or casual rum drinkers have maybe seen less years as equaling less quantity, Mm. or excuse me, equaling less quality. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of going to start going away. So I really like this prediction overall. I think the one one area I would differ a little bit is Mm -hmm. I don't see the casual spirits you know, consumer, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't see them all of a sudden this year being the year that like they realize that (laughs) younger age statements can be good. I think that's the kind of thing that takes like years and years to shift Mm -hmm. attitudes on that because that's so pervasive in how spirits are marketed across all categories. Like we're programmed to think high number equal good. Yeah, (laughs) you know? Um, So I think it will... I don't see that happening this year. I do. I like. I like the prediction of we will see like more rums released with a prominent age statement, mm-hmm. seven years or less. Yes, I. I would buy that prediction. I could see that happening, and uh, I do think, like you said, I think there's already momentum with enthusiasts. I, I still think there's there's probably over indexing on age statements even with enthusiasts, mm-hmm. but I do think that. I think because what we know rum producers are capable of achieving at younger ages, I do think that's something we could start to see more of because like they know it's good. As you mentioned, aging in the tropics in mm-hmm. high temperatures produces a different result. The results you can get are a lot different and you often don't need more than 
six or seven years to get something tasting well aged. Exactly. So I, I like the idea. I want this one to come true. And I, I think you're going out on a limb. So I don't think it's given at all. Mm -hmm. But I mm -hmm. want to be on that limb with you. So I'm going to buy oh, I'm going to buy yeah. this one. Well put. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. All right. So we're together with that one. Good. Yeah. I will say, how will we know this happened? Is there a certain number of releases you want to put on that? Because I think that's a good a good measuring stick. Every prediction needs a measuring stick. You're right. And I just said more than, and I meant more as in like in the last couple of years have been released. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know what that number is. I'm going to say, what do you say? Four or five? Okay. Yeah. Five? Yeah. So at least five rums with age statements of seven years or younger mm -hmm. highlighted okay all right i like it and when you Making say highlighted i'm imagining something where like you're walking through the store and you can see that like you notice the number right it's, it's right. not just it's like not, on yeah, the back of a bottle with back. like exactly. age for you okay all right that's we're exactly on the same page I mean. yes. we're on the same page because that's something i feel like you don't see that often Agree. Um, Agree. The only the one distinction I want to make here, and because I could I could imagine a lot of confused listeners at home right now, but I don't think this is what you're talking about because when you go into the store, you will see a lot of like real McCoy three, real right. McCoy five, Appleton. Um, well, actually, eight is the first age statement. So mm -hmm. we do see like five, like Havana Club three, for example. You're not talking about those kinds of rums, which are really designed for mixing purposes. Yep. You're talking about stuff that is will be purchased by rum enthusiasts as something that it can be very easily sipped on its own and enjoyed for its aging on its own. Right. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That yes. was that's what I was imagining too. I just wanted to make that distinction for. No, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah I think that's important. Actually, um, thank you for making that because yes, that's a, that's where my thoughts are going with this. It's not counting those which are already you know good established products in mm -hmm. those age ranges, but. And and that's not to say there's going to be probably people out there saying, well, I sip this, you know, Eldorado 8 or whatever it is. And that that's fine. I'm not discounting that. But I, I don't know that they have the perception amongst mm -hmm. the majority of people right. for being a an, a, an aged sipping rum yeah. in that yeah, way. Yeah. I'm with so you on that's, that. that's where I'm going. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to, I think this is going to become a tradition for me where with my third prediction, <laughs> okay. I'm just going to have fun with it and really okay. go out on a limb. Okay. Last year, it was the nine-syllable Foursquare ECS release. This mm -hmm. one isn't mm -hmm. quite as unbelievable. Ten-syllable Foursquare. No, <laughs> ten-syllable. I'm going with the more theme. Nobody will do that. Yeah. Nine um, syllables. It's nine <laughs> syllables. Um, okay. So, as we have seen in recent years, we all know celebrity investments are something that happen a lot in spirits. Mm, okay. And we've been seeing tons of those across all categories. It's almost like if you're a certain level of fame as an athlete or a musician or an actor, yeah. you have yeah. to have a tequila yeah. mm -hmm. or a whiskey or a gin. But mm -hmm. lately, we've started to see a few celebrity-associated rums. We have Selva Ray, which mm -hmm. is co-owned by Bruno Mars. Mm -hmm. um, Sierra became a co-owner mm -hmm. of 10 to 1 rum mm -hmm. last year, mm -hmm. uh, yep. which we we had a great conversation with Mark Farrell, 10 to 1 founder, uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And then... Um, she, she should have done Sierra Mist. I mean, that was the obvious one, but <laughs> right. fine. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I like that she's in rum. Uh, yeah. Rum is yeah. better than Sierra Mist. So... Um, also, I think Sammy Hagar has a rum. <laughs> I think he's had that for a while. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so... I think in 2023, I wanted to say, I think we're going to see a major celebrity rum investment, but that didn't feel like going far enough because mm -hmm. I could see that easily happening. Like there are already a few. We saw one happen last year, mm -hmm. but what we haven't seen very much, 
we haven't seen very many instances of a celebrity who is originally from a rum producing country creating a brand that features rum sourced from that country. Okay. And I even checked up on all those celebrities I just mentioned. And that, as far as I know, as far as I could tell, that that isn't there with those brands. So I think we will see at least one of those. And I want to go as far as predicting who we will see. Whoa, okay. So I'm going to allow myself three shots at this, okay? I'll allow it. Is that allowable? Okay. Yeah, yep. So here they are. And I've gone all along the age spectrum here. So my first guest, uh, guess, I'm going to keep it with the young crowd. Someone okay. who is very cool right now, very globally, mm-hmm. extremely mm-hmm. popular mm-hmm. musician. Mr. Uh, 305. A young, a young man from Puerto Rico. Oh, is it? By is the it name really? Of, of Bad Bunny. Uh. <laughs> Wait, who did you say? I was close. I said Mr. 305, which is Pitbull. I got pretty close. Um, I, thought, I thought Pitbull was Mr. Worldwide. Well, he is both, I guess, because, yeah, I don't know. I don't follow these things. <laughs> we sound so out of our depth right now. I only um, know because I'm, I'm in Miami, but, um, yes. yeah. Uh, I, I'm going with Bad Bunny, who is from Bad Puerto Bunny. Rico, okay. has exploded in popularity. And I was doing a little Bad Bunny rum research as I was considering which celebrities to predict. And I found <laughs> this uh, excerpt from a Rolling Stone article published in 2020. Okay. Um, It says, this is starting with a quote. He said, I don't consider myself a person who has vices, said Bad Bunny, who's maintained a strict diet in quarantine, save for the occasional indulgence of rum. Oh. Though, I mean, the fact that he was already from Puerto Rico, rum is such a, you know, big part of drinking culture culture in Puerto Mm -hmm. Rico. Mm -hmm. I I figure there was a chance he he liked rum or at least, you know, was exposed to it. Yeah. But I have confirmation there that even though he's not one for vices, he indulges occasionally in rum. And, you know, I could, I could easily see the Cilleria Sarayes has already done other brands outside of the Don Q brand, right? So what's stopping yeah. them from linking up with Bad Bunny and doing like, like that would be a hit, you know? You know I can just see it already exploding. I- I mean, maybe I, I shudder to think what that bottle label looks like, but, um, you know, I could see it and and maybe, I don't know, I feel like all his songs that I've heard all have vices in them that he talks about, so that's a silly position for me, for him to I have. Don't, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't speak enough Spanish to always know what's what's being discussed, but I, well, I, I have to go back and check the lyrics, but... My Spanish is just good enough to get most of things wrong in <laughs> okay. Spanish, right. so who knows, but... Okay, um, so that's, right, my that's first, a good one. Okay. That's my first prediction. My next okay. One, I'm going to go to the island of Barbados, and I'm going to predict a celebrity-owned brand of okay. Barbados rum okay. from Rihanna. Rihanna, I figured this. Was okay, going to be Rihanna. Yeah, yeah, I figured you yeah. would get that one. Yeah, um, I, you know, I looked for some rum-related Rihanna stuff, and I couldn't find that much, which discouraged me a little bit. But then I did find, uh, I can't remember what magazine it was in, but she supplied her own rum punch recipe to the magazine. I think she was like working on a cookbook or something. And so it was kind of like to promote that. And so I was like, okay, so again, a sign of rum. But couldn't you see, you know, Rihanna getting getting in the room with Richard Seal and just being like, you yeah. know, what have you got? What can we do together? You know, Foursquare's already done the Real McCoy brand, which is a partnership. Can't you just see the synergy there? 
I can totally say I can see the music video right now that they have, uh, you know, rum raining down and they're under their umbrellas right. uh, to, to shield themselves from it. Yep, I'm sure Richard Seal's a big Rihanna guy, don't you think? Can't oh, you of course. Listening, I'm listening sure, yeah. to Rihanna? I, I feel like they hang out all the time. Uh, they must, right? <laughs> okay, so that's my second one. Um, my last one, I'm going totally far afield. I'm not even going in the Caribbean and I'm actually bringing in a Nashville collection. A collection. Uh, a, a Nashville prediction. Okay. Um, I am doing one of Nashville's power couples here. You know, we have a big music industry here in Nashville, mm-hmm. and we have, you know, country musicians from all over the world, John. Yeah, one of you, them it's a pretty big deal there. Yeah. Is from Australia, a guy named Keith Urban. Oh, who I've heard of him. Married yeah. a yeah. famous actress named Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman, right? Yeah. And yeah. You know, they maintain a residence somewhere around Nashville. They're seen in town. Hmm. They both happen to be from Australia. So what I am envisioning here is an Australian sourced rum, you know, maybe from a Bentley or something like that, that okay. is released here as a partner, as a um, kind of a co-branded celebrity release from both Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban so much celebrity power from two yeah. different sides of the celebrity spectrum there. Right, exactly. And different I, I, you know, yeah. I don't know what this release would look like, but I do think it will be from an Australian distillery that isn't Bundaberg. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. I think that's one thing I can, you know, rest assured on. And, you know, I think it'll be something aged. Uh, that's what I'm envisioning. But I think they're going to, to bring another side of Australia to the American market over here. And become the face of Australian rum. The faces of Australian rum. I think that would be fantastic to do that. Um, you're in whiskey country there, though. So I would think you would want something that competes with that profile. But it, it's uh, something different. It's something different from whiskey that they're bringing. But yeah, they've got, you good. know, yeah. they've got the country music connection there to mm-hmm, kind of get mm-hmm. some, you know, credibility mm-hmm. with the, you know, the whiskey drinkers around yeah. here. So they're, they're, they're coming in and they're doing their own thing, John. They're putting Australian rum on the map. Okay. All right. So now it's up to me on whether I, I mean, the easy thing to do here is sell the shit out of this, right? <laughs> um, but you know what? That's what that's what Keith, Nicole, Bad Bunny, and Rihanna will be doing. <laughs> They'll be selling the shit out of their <laughs> new rum brands is what's going to be um, happening. You know what? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I just, I like the thought of this happening in some way. So you know what? Fuck it. We'll do it live. I'm going to, I'm going to buy this. Uh, <laughs> All right. I'm buying it. We're right. going for it. We're gonna do I don't, this I don't even know if celebrity-owned brands are like a good thing for spirits. <laughs> I'm just trying to have fun with this. And again, if if this actually happened, much like the Foursquare uh, nine-syllable prediction, it would be like the ultimate prediction. So it would be. Uh, yeah. I'm willing to if take you get the, that one right. I'm willing yeah. to take the big L at the you know possible reward that I might have a huge win. So yeah. that's my final prediction. I'm really eagerly awaiting yours now. Well, number one, I have to say that was a really well done job of making it fun uh, because mine is the opposite of this. (laughs) Mine is totally not fun. And now I kind of wish I had started. Taking us back to the classroom? No, 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 no. I'm taking us to doom and gloom a little. Oh, wow. Uh, I thought you were supposed to be the optimist. Well, you know, I am an optimist in in certain ways. And in other ways, I'm a realist. Okay, uh, I think this this is a, a dose of realism that's going to hit us all in 2023. Uh, the theme of more applies yet again here, um, but in maybe a different way than you might have been thinking. So I, I will continue my theme and say, call me the Pointer Sisters because I'm jumping in with more, more, more. If you get that one, you're you're old like me. Uh, 
there is going to be a minimum of two, possibly three, new limited release bottlings in 2023 that are going to have an MSRP of $5.99 or more. Oh, wow. That, this is more. This is more yes. big time. Okay. So... Five ninety nine or more. A minimum of two. I, I I mean, I wanted to go for three, but I feel like it's at least two brand okay. new releases that have not existed before. This isn't a continuation thing, of five ninety nine or more. And by the way, these are releases that you know, because there's the there's the BS releases out there from Bacardi and other places that are very 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 expensive. I'm not really talking about those as much. Okay, I'm talking about like amongst our hobbyist distiller type of focused rums that okay. we're going to see these limited high dollar releases happen. You know what? You, you sold this as doom and gloom and I, I thought you were about to <laughs> I thought you were about to predict two distilleries going out of business and I was oh, going to be like no. I was going to be like this is terrible. We can't say this right now. <laughs> um, uh, this I I will buy that. I can totally see that happening and it is something to be bummed out about because yeah. I mean that's we talked about in our last episode exactly. um, mm-hmm. our, our wishes for 2023 that we w- would see less releases like that. <laughs> um, but I do agree. I think there will be more stuff like that and I could easily see the bar of two being cleared. So yeah. I'm going to buy yeah. that prediction. Um, okay. Unfortunately, right. but yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe we should push it up to three, but I, I just, unfortunately, I feel like that's where the trends are heading, mm-hmm. and we've seen recent releases clear two ninety nine very easily. I think there's going to be more of that coming, and I think it's kind of that, the same path that we've been talking about avoiding in bourbon and spirits having to do that. And by the way, the I'm talk, not talking about secondary market. I'm talking about primary, right, yes, right, right, the right, hype yeah. cycle, mm-hmm. the FOMO, mm-hmm. all of that. Uh, uh, manufactured, limited releases sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't want to accuse anybody necessarily of doing that on yeah. purpose. But I just, I don't know. I, I kind of see it's going to happen. And my wish is that, to your point, Will, from the, the recent episode, is we don't fall for that. Mm. That... We, we try to resist the temptation and the FOMO and look for the releases that we feel are very good to great, mm-hmm. but that don't cost us that ridiculous amount of money. Because yeah. the more we feed into it and the more people that are buying those, the more it's going to happen. Yeah. So it's, it's more of a warning mm-hmm. <laughs> than anything. And, and the hope that as that starts to, to happen in the market, that we as a rum community don't fall hook, line, and sinker for it. All right. Well, again, um, I'm sold on your prediction, uh, which means I'm buying it. It doesn't mean I'm selling mm-hmm. it. I'm buying the prediction. So, um, <laughs> thank you for the clarification. Yeah. You know, I have to say, I feel like we, I feel like we stepped up our game with these predictions this year. Uh, I'm yeah. feeling good about these. I feel like each of them will know definitively whether it happened or not. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, quick, quick recap here. Our predictions were, I predicted three to five releases of rums that feature multiple outputs of sugar cane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I predicted one major rum distillery is going to heavily pull back on cask sales to third parties. Mm-hmm. And then I also predicted <laughs> that either Bad Bunny, Rihanna, or Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban will release their own rum brands with featuring okay. rum sourced from Puerto Rico, Barbados, or Australia, respectively. Yeah. Can you re- recap your three here, John, here at the end? Mine are uh, that unaged rum sales will be up in double digits over last year's sales and that they will grab a bigger percentage of the overall rum market share versus aged rums. The second is more rum age statements of seven years or younger printed on bottles. We said at least five 
more mm-hmm, rums mm-hmm. released with that seven years or younger clearly printed mm-hmm. uh, on the bottle for an age statement. And then the last one was a minimum of two new limited release bottlings in 2023 that are priced MSRP at $5.99 or more. All right. Those are our predictions. I would love to hear if anyone listening has predictions. Please send them to us. Email us, host at rumcast.com. Send us on uh, messages on social media. But it would be great to have a few more to, to keep score with and, and share with listeners and everything. Um, or tell us what you think of our predictions. If you think they're amazing, if you think they're the worst predictions ever, and how are we even doing this to ourselves on a podcast, embarrassing ourselves like this? We want to hear your reactions. Um, John, how can they message us on on social media? That's the best place for people to express their outrage opinions. That's right. And I'm used to being, you know, having that reaction. So don't worry about it. You know, it's more is fine. Uh, At the Rumcast, uh, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. You can find us on any of those platforms. And we try to get back to people as soon as possible uh, with it and responding. Uh, So hit us up there. Leave a comment on some of the, the stuff that we have already posted. And yeah, I mean, we love to hear from you in any way, shape or form we can. So definitely... Look for us on social media or uh, at the the email address. So, All right, John. One year from now, we'll be back here in these spots ready to grade these predictions. In the hot seat. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, though, we'll be recording episodes in between that. So <laughs> that won't be the next episode. So anyway, I'm looking forward to going through the rest of this year. We were just discussing interview targets and things we've got in the works uh, for the next few months. And One more and, bonus prediction. Oh, yeah. I predict, oh. I predict we might hit... Uh, episode 100 this year oh <laughs> how would how did you figure that did you do well, some math there i did the math and we <laughs> technically don't right oh. if we do our release schedule has been every two weeks right yeah. so and I'm, I'm only talking about our major releases every two weeks uh-huh. if we do that religiously we don't miss any we're still at like 96 or something okay so we we'll don't get, get there. there we'll get but it to I 100 think, i think we should get to 100 this year will whatever I think we it takes push it. i yes. can't wait that's we'll have to do something extra special anyway until next time i look forward to talking to you See you then.